Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick or... You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, It's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Dan Dan Patrick Show. NBA champs have a few things in common. Great players. Good coaching. And a little bit of luck with the health. But another ingredient is that a lot of them have a professional irritant. The guy who's great at getting under the opposition's skin. Patrick Beverly has certainly been that at the center of a lot of controversy this postseason. He broke Devin Booker's nose last night, a flagrant foul for taking out Chris Paul's legs. Then he mocked Chris Paul for flopping right afterwards. But the attitude seems to fit this undermanned Clippers team. And to be fair, every team that's still alive has a guy who gets into the other team's head, or at least trying to do that. Um, You know, Chris Paul might look like a goofy dad in those commercials, but he's an irritant on the court. Milwaukee has that guy in P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella for Atlanta. We've seen Dennis Rodman play that role with the Chicago Bulls. Bruce Bowen played it with the San Antonio Spurs. Patrick Beverly is uh, one of the guys and one of the keys with the Clippers trying to hold on in the Western Conference Finals. Draymond Green, famously for uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors. You want that guy. You always hate that guy if he's on the opposition, but uh, you love having that guy. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. We spent a little bit of time talking about the Scottie Pippen interview from yesterday's show and we decided that if we couldn't advance it, then I didn't want to just take a trip down memory lane and go back to it yesterday. And I'm still trying to sort through it to understand. Uh, I listened to it a couple of times. I listened to it right after the show, and then I listened about four hours later because I, I wanted to know if I was fair to Scotty. Like, these are the things that I'm sort of taking away from it. And then as we move on with this, we did reach out to Phil Jackson to see if he did want to comment or join us on the show. He politely declined. 
Uh, Michael Jordan, we asked him as well. And, you know, it's kind of hard to have somebody come on and say, hey, uh, are you a racist? Or do you think your coach was a racist? You know, I understand that. I just wanted to give Phil Jackson a chance to respond. Because that's, when that label is attached, you know, it's not Velcro. No, it stays. And I, I just wanted to be fair to the story itself as we were moving forward with it. But uh, Phil has uh, not commented on what Scotty had to say yesterday. And I don't know if he will, but we did reach out to him. Poll question, McLovin, from the first hour. Are we staying with it in the second hour? Uh, okay, first hour was who's more likely to come back, the Clippers or the Hawks? The Clippers have 74%. Uh, I have a couple other questions. Okay. If you're Paul George, are you now okay sticking with the nickname Playoff P? <laughs> I don't know if I bring it up and call myself that. You know, I, I think now the media can say, hey, you are Playoff P. You already, you, you gave yourself a nickname. First of all, you don't give yourself a nickname. And second of all, if you do, then don't complain when people say, hey, where's Playoff P? And Boogie Cousins was there at the podium after the game, and he's, you know, taking names and, you know, kind of lashing out at the media, the haters out there. You know, it's social media. And Paul George put himself in this position. If he doesn't call himself playoff, if he's PG-13, nobody's going to say, man, what a disappointment you are. You know, when you call yourself like you're Mr. October, I expect Mr. October to be great in October. If you're playoff P, I expect you to be great in the playoffs. I don't think Reggie Jackson gave himself the nickname Mr. October, although he could have. You know, Muhammad Ali called himself the greatest, but then he was. I didn't have any problem with that. Dion called himself primetime. He was. He was primetime. Yeah, Paul. You got to give yourself a name that downplays expectations, like a quarterback interception machine. You know, you, no one's going to think that that guy's going to throw a lot of balls. Uh, not clutch. Yeah. Steve, not Clutch Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Turnover Machine's yeah. my nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Umbilitis. Yeah. Uh, always missing clutch shots. <laughs> like, that's my nickname. You know, then the expectation level's not very high. Yeah, that's... but then that's why every time you make one, they're like, hey, look at you. <laughs> hey, huh? How doing... great are you? You did it. Yeah. yeah, and you did it. Big boy stuff. Uh, Paul George had never scored 40 in a playoff game entering Monday. Nor did he reach 30 once in his uh, great career, legendary seven-game duel against LeBron James. But he's had these moments here. Um, you know, he's had gems, but it, he, he never had one of those signature moments until last night, it felt like. 41-13, six assists, three steals. And, you know, you're shooting 75%, 100%, you know, you're shooting well from the floor, from three-point range, from the free throw line. That's a signature moment. Now the question is, can you build upon that? Can you do that again? Can you go back home? Can you tie this series? We talked to Chris Mannix in the first hour, and he said, highly unlikely that uh, Kawhi Leonard is going to play in this series. Maybe if they advance. But right now it's been, you know, kind of a big mystery. Um, you know, with the, the severity of this injury with Paul George. All right, Kawhi Leonard. And, and as a result, Paul George seems to be playing like there is no help from the Cavalry. Like, it's me. It's us. And, uh, you know, Morris and Mann and Beverly, that's an undermanned, undersized team. And you go into Phoenix and you beat Phoenix. 
Can't just show up. The Suns should win, should have won, but that doesn't mean they will. Yes, Eden. It's interesting that you were saying that maybe just being this lone guy there, putting it all on his shoulders, it's easier for him than sharing that load with Kawhi Leonard. Is that an underappreciated part of of the game? And when you line up superstars, it's figuring that out? I think that mindset of, hey, nobody expects anything. Let's just go out and play. I I think all the pressure has been on the Phoenix Suns to win last night to close this out. So it doesn't go back to Los Angeles. And now it's on the Phoenix Suns again. You got to win this game. If not, you go back home and this Clipper team is not afraid to go into Phoenix. And, and, and so that pressure, this is where Chris Paul, you, you want to go to Chris Paul and say, now you do your job. Whatever your job is, if it's being a leader or having others lead now is when your team needs your guidance. All of a sudden, they became a young team last night. I, I thought that was interesting. That may, you know, they're they're a young team, and they'll learn. I'm like, no wait. We gave Chris Paul all this credit, and rightfully so. Veteran leadership. Well, the veteran says to these younger players, "We got to play like our hair is on fire. We got to go out there, and this has to be desperate. We got to play that way because you got to match the Clippers' intensity, and they didn't." When you allow the Clippers to jump on you 20-5 to at home in an elimination game, here's Chris Paul after the loss last night. Definitely got to be better. They, they came out and they were the aggressors. Uh, they sort of looked like us in game four. And um, they, they hit us. Uh, they were a lot. They were too comfortable. And we got to be better. Here's Monty Williams, the Suns head coach, on what's the strategy going into game six. The desperation has to be there. That, that's the deal. You know, just because you have a lead in the series doesn't mean you, you can show up and they're going to give it to you. You know, we, we have to understand that. And I think we do not. We will be better when we show up the next time we play. But their desperation, their competitive edge tonight was consistent for 48 minutes. We did it in spurts, and we certainly didn't start the game with it. The Clippers shot almost 55% from the floor on Monday. That's one game removed from a playoff low 32%. That's the biggest increase in field goal percentage in consecutive playoff games in five years. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Bucks at the Hawks, Game 4 coming up tonight. The the Lightning roll, the Canadians, Stanley Cup Final in Game 1. France bows out of the Euros. That was an awesome match yesterday. That's where you're watching and you're going, you know, when you get up 3-1, I mean, that, that feels insurmountable against someone like France. And then all of a sudden you're going, you guys are goofing around here. There's 10 minutes to go. And the Swiss come back and... <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's like oh, three, one, three, three, two, and everybody's taking shots. You know, they're trying to be, you know, heroes here. Let's rub it in. Let, you know, let's, let's get a couple. Let's let's rough them up. Beat them five one. And then all of a sudden, three, two, three. Now we're trying three, three. Now we're going to an extra. Oh, oh. And I'm going. Oh my god. And that was that was unbelievable. And then you have penalty kicks to decide it. You have one of the great players in the world who has the game on his foot. 
Mm, Mbappe. Didn't the Hanson brothers have a song? Right. Mbappe. Mm, Mbappe. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. That was very nice. Thank I like that a lot. Thank you. Thank I, you. If anyone could appreciate that. Thank you, Todd. It's definitely Thank me. Thank you. I didn't even know you were here today. Thank wow. you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Paul. If those penalty kicks are fascinating. Like the goalkeeper, he kind of jumps side to side, trying to bait him into one side, bait him into the other. It, it's fascinating to see the the jockeying for position or the mentality of the the goalkeeper. Yeah, but you see the passion, and and you know you you could understand the passion if let's say we only had one team in in football, we had one team and we faced everybody else in the world. So our football team is throw out it can be uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And, and that's the only team we get to root for. And they play for our country. And how the you just see that passion, what it means to you. Yes, Eden. But that moment of being the keeper and saving the penalty shot, that's got to be one of oh. the best, like most exhilarating moments in all of sports. You know, like the rush that you must get from that must just be off the charts of making that save. And the odds are against you. Okay, one of the great players in the world, and you just got to guess right. That's it. And, and he did. Yeah, Paul. So here's the a, here's a topic. If, if we had a world football league, who would be our quarterback for this upcoming season? Let's say America had to put together a team. Obviously, we're going to be the heavyweight favorites, but would it be for this upcoming season, just a two-minute topic, who would be our quarterback? Mahomes? Yeah. Brought over everybody? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. All right, topic over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was maybe a, a chance you may say no. for one season no. you go Brady because he's more clutch. TV 12? No, no, I don't want Brady. A Raj? No, I don't want A Raj. A Rod? No. A A Rod? No. No. What? Where is that topic, by the way? Not not to troll you, <laughs> but I I just I'm fascinated that somebody who's not happy and we know nothing about what this is going to, you know, what nothing has changed in two months, <laughs> which is what I kept going back to initially. I, I just thought he, he's not going anywhere. And if he is, you should have done that the night of the draft. Now what happens? It, is he showing up to camp? If he doesn't show up to camp. <sighs> and, if, and if you're Rogers, that's like a couple of weeks ago. Don't you say, uh, get me out of here. Trade me so I can get, you know, I got to get acclimated to a new city and a new team and all. Nothing's happened. I could. But we had all of these sources and sources close to and I'm hearing and all that. And I'm going, I, hey, if they decide to trade him, this is what Denver could offer. Like it, 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 it took on. It was a cottage industry of let's just speculate. We don't know if this is I go back to when Adam Schefter said this that night. There was no breaking news to it. It was just an accumulation of, hey, I'm going to put that together with that and that and that. And that means he wants out. I get the feeling, the mood, that was the mood of Aaron Rodgers in the situation. But nothing was happening. There was no declaration. That's not the way it was presented. Oh, I know. It was a declaration that Rodgers had told people in the franchise, I don't want to be here. He it, wants out. It was presented as Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. Unequivocally, the, the reporting was that. I know. The, the scrolls, the, the draft coverage. It, there are no one out there who would have watched that coverage who was a casual sports fan and wouldn't think that Aaron Rodgers has told the Green Bay Packers he wants out. That's why it was presented to America. 
<laughs> I mean, and nothing's – I thought he was going to be traded the night of the draft. The, the way Shefty came on and said it, and then all of a sudden the Broncos don't take a quarterback. Oh, my God, they're going to trade. You know, Mark Schlereth, the former Bronco, was tweeting stuff, and, you know, everybody thought, okay, oh, this means – Carolina didn't take a quarterback. They're going to – I went I, – I, until I hear Aaron Rodgers say, hey, I want out, and we never heard that. You know, his, his former teammates would be the ones who were carrying the water for him. Yes, Todd. How much do you think Rodgers cares about his legacy, specifically in Green Bay, the fact that he's not sharing with everyone publicly what specifically needs to be done for him to continue being a Packer? I'm up against the break, or I, I would answer that. <laughs> I just I don't have the time. <laughs> Uh, do I? I don't know if Rodgers cares about his legacy. I'm, I'm assuming he does. I'm assuming he wants to win another Super Bowl. Because I'm, I'm thinking more and more, and we've talked about this, more and more people you know, that turn away from Rodgers or think that he's you know, whining or he's a complicated fellow, whatever you know, people want to call him, that it would certainly help you know, to know exactly what would salvage things instead of keeping it a big mystery. Oh, I know. I've been saying that for two months. And more and more fans will probably, I would think, turn away from Rodgers the longer this goes. All I know is if he shows up in uniform week one, they'll cheer him because he gives you a better chance than Jordan Love does to win and go back to the uh, NFC title game. That's it. I mean, fans can be very forgiving. Very forgiving. Take a break. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls coming up. Check in with the U.S. Open champ, John Rahm. He'll join us. Stop by uh, in a little bit. 17 after the hour, Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. And there's no limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. You'd think that they would round up, but no, Discover is very accurate here. Uh, when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report Limitations Apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that... Summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year. Be like, oh, man. Crack you know, one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. 
Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Tonight, Peyton Manning hosts Capital One College Bowl. Rival colleges go head-to-head in trivia for life-changing scholarships. Catch Capital One College Bowl tonight on NBC and streaming right here on Peacock next day. He's the U.S. Open champ. He's the number one rated golfer in the world. He's John Rahm joining us on the show. John, we want to play a game. Where is the U.S. Open trophy? Now, don't tell us yet, okay? Let's go around the room. Where do we think the U.S. Open trophy is at John's home in Scottsdale? If it's there. Todd, I'll start with you. He's got a nice spot for it in the man cave on okay. the kind of big oh, TV. John's got a man cave already. All right. McLovin? No, I've been where he is. There's baby stuff everywhere. It's in the garage. Okay. All right. He does have a newborn. Seat no Connor? Say an office. Home office. office. Home office. Paulie. New baby hasn't mounted it yet. It's on the floor near his desk in his office. I'm going to say it's still in the box. John, where is your U.S. Open trophy? Before I say anything, my brother-in-law will not forgive me if I don't do this. So I got to say I'm 6'3", 245. (laughs) (laughs) And you're wearing a dad bod t-shirt there. Exactly. Exactly. I had the bod. I got the dad part. Now officially I can wear it. It's actually on the the living room. It's on the little mantle on top of the fireplace. It's the first thing you see when you walk in the house. Well, that's pretty good. Now, did you have to negotiate that with the wife of, I'm going to put it right out there on display, or do you want somebody to ask for it so they can see it, John? (laughs) No, it's actually the only trophy I have outside the office. So everything else is in the office. Nothing on the man cave, which is really more like a practice area at the house, uh, is the only one I have outside. Would the baby fit in the trophy? If you wanted to bathe the baby... Uh, uh, I tried. He doesn't. He does not fit. He's too old. <laughs> not too old. He's too big. I think if it's a newborn, he would fit. But so when the, the top of the the trophy screws on, yeah, he's got this two little 
things that come out and could actually hurt the baby a little bit, so I didn't try for too long. Oh. Did you drink out of it? Yes. <laughs> what did you drink out of it? Uh, orange juice. Oh, it was orange. of course you did. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying in public. <laughs> Do you feel different being the number one player, like being the number one player in the world or the U.S. Open champ? Which, which affects how you feel as a golfer more? Uh, well, I had gotten to number one in the world before, so, and I didn't realize until after I won, because I think Dustin had to finish, I don't know, 19th or worse or something like that. But winning your first major, uh, that's what makes a difference. That's uh, a bit of a sense of relief in, uh, in me. Relief? A little bit. Because when you're number one, then they go, uh, how many majors do you have? Or when, when are you going to win a major? And there are guys who haven't won majors who are great golfers in history. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in golf, when you play good for a little bit, you get put on that best player to never win a major list very, very quick. And to a 26, I've gone out of that. It was uh, was a bit of a relief. But is it more mental or physical, the reason why you won the U.S. Open? Mental, 100% mental. Like, what kind of grind was that? It didn't look like it was fun, John. (laughs) You know, when you're playing good, it's a lot more fun than when you're struggling. (laughs) I had, because on Saturday and Sunday, I played with two guys. I played with Bob on Saturday and Matthew Wolf on Sunday, and they both struggled. So I might be the, the you know the bad luck charm over here, and it just did not look fun while I was playing okay. And it, it's a mental stress. Every single shot you hit in a U.S. Open, you're stressing, especially in a course like Torrey Pines. So it's a, it's a mental grind that you know undoubtedly is going to actually get, get a little bit of tax on your body as well. But also, you know, in a course like that, in a tournament like that, par is your friend. Mm-hmm. But normally, yeah. you're aggressive and you're trying to get birdies. Like how how's the mindset where you go, hey? I'll take a four and I'll walk away from here. A lot of times, you know, you might have a, let's say a doable birdie putt. You might have, you know, somewhere around 10 feet or inside 15 feet where you want to make it, but you got to understand that, hey, I made a four, let's move on, no matter how it happens, right? And sometimes you're going to make a couple par putts that feel like they're birdies or eagles. And other times, you know, even a bogey putt, I mean, it's happened to all of us where you make one good putt and, you know, you're saving that one shot. Right. The key is not giving too many away. You're limited on the amount of birdies you're going to be able to make. What's the craziest thing you ever thought of when you're standing over a putt? Craziest thing? Yeah. Have you ever thought like, hey, I'm thinking about dinner. I'm thinking about. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no, have you ever I... lost concentration over a putt? I sometimes when I'm playing, you know, when you're in a little bit of a zone, I just have a song in my head and for whatever reason, I'll still be focused on what I'm doing, but that song we played in my head. And what's the song? It, it all depends. Could be anything. Honestly, being a dad now, a lot of times it's Baby Shark. <laughs> <laughs> How good are you at diaper changing? I'm okay. I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, I've been able to avoid most of the disasters. But <laughs> both, both me and my wife, Kelly, didn't never spent any time around babies right so early on we had a couple of surprises especially when you have a boy you have a couple of things to be you know (laughs) yeah you could get it in the eye (laughs) (laughs) it's hit the curtains before (laughs) uh what was a stronger emotion the excitement of winning your first major or when you had to withdraw from the memorial oh the excitement of winning my first major uh Withdrawing from the memorial, I think, was less of a bother 
when it comes to golf than what most people think. Just because, you know, I tested positive for COVID. So my attention was automatically on, on my family. My wife has asthma, her mom has asthma. So I was really worried about that and, and, our, and our little boy. So I wasn't that worried about golf. I never really felt any resentment in that sense. All I chose to remember is, you know, I played unbelievable golf for three days, um, short of the, the guys out there playing really good, I feel like. Not that I'm officially the champion, but I would have had a good shot. So, you know, we'll remember that. And I was just making sure I was doing everything properly to keep him healthy and not spread anything in our family. And so when that's your priority, golf was absolutely secondary. I was mad for you, John, the way you were informed. Like, that, it just wasn't fair to you. They could do that privately. Did anybody ever apologize to you for that? So the reasoning for that is because I had tested positive and people I believe on the broadcast knew or they, they were about to find out, they didn't want me to go ahead and shake anybody's hand on the crowd or, or, or interact with the crowd. Uh, now, being on the okay. COVID tracing list, I had really been like mindful about not doing any of that. And the only basically moment where I forgot was after finishing the third round, I had played so good that I completely forgot what I had been going through and I shook my playing partner's hands. Now, both of them had had COVID, so I feel like it was okay, but um, you know, they didn't want me to go in the crowd and at first they didn't want me to go inside to sign my scorecard. So it was a bit of a confusing idea and that's why they told me on the spot. Uh, now, knowing that it's the second time they put me in a vulnerable spot in national TV on the same hall, on the same tournament, oh boy. well, it was, it felt a little bit, you know, <laughs> almost more personal, but they did what they had to do. And yes, the people in charge did, uh, they told me that it could have been handled better. But also, you know, I'm, I'm listening to Faldo and Nance. They didn't know. And, and they went, they ended their broadcast and we saw the emotion. Like I thought the worst, I thought something had happened in your family. And yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I did react like it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I had played so good and, you know, knowing that it was a possibility, the fact that I had to leave and, and, and just everything combined, the fact that my parents were coming in Monday right after the tournament and it, I hadn't seen them in a while. I think a lot of emotions got mixed in there together. And it, it was just upsetting because you don't expect that to happen, right? I was the first one to through all this to happen and, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, my wife didn't even know. Very few people know. She thought something happened to my parents as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I think in that sense is where things could have handled, could have been handled better. Go back to the U.S. Open and uh, Phil Mickelson's on the driving range. And I thought that was a cool moment that Phil was just hanging there, just with your family. Yeah, he returned the favor. <laughs> I've stayed, I've been fortunate to be able to stay a few times to watch him win. I did in Mexico and at the PGA. You know, he broke a, a pretty impressive record and he came in and, and took care of Kelly. You know, Kelly was, uh, to say a nervous wreck, the least, because he was, <laughs> he was he was stressing and holding the baby and he was helping her out. I mean, they brought some chairs to the range. I don't even know where they got the chairs from. And he took care of her and, and, and he did an amazing job. You know, that, that shows what a quality man he is. What did you save from the final round? Would I do what? What did what you I save? save? Uh, like, do you, do you save anything from the final round and keep it? Uh, separate like your scorecard you get that uh, I don't know if I get that you don't get the I, scorecard I have no idea I think the trophy is enough that's all I'm going to say oh well yeah that is good <laughs> yeah 
I mean, I was looking for something for you to donate to the man cave here, John. Like your socks or shoes or something. Uh, my shoes, outfit, hat, glove, the USGA took it all for the museum. What I can give you is a yardage book I used that week. I would love that. Yeah, I do have that. That, would, have that. would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, concerns going to the British Open? None. Not really. I mean, I'm not concerned about the tournament. I'm excited. You know, I'm going to a golf course where I played Lynx golf for the first time. That was about 12 years ago. I think it was 2009. And, you know, when I got my start on the on the UK, so I would love to, to go back and and uh, as the latest champion and hopefully still as number one in the world. So, you know, I'm excited to go really, really, really eager. Yeah. And you get to uh, golf in a sweater. It's uh, it's winter time over there, isn't there? You never know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> summer one day, it could be freezing the next day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you do get to enjoy wearing a sweater, which living in Arizona is something you miss. I played golf in Ireland in March and it snowed. Oh, you can get everything in one day. I've seen rain, sunshine, not snow, but I've seen hail, wind, no wind. I mean, the, the weather, it's about as unpredictable as it gets. Uh, the strangest weather you ever played in? Strangest? Yeah. Toughest? Uh, God, a couple of amateur events in Spain and severe hailstorms. <laughs> and, you know, when it's amateur events, you don't have, you know, weather equipment, so you go out there and deal with it. Uh, I have seen the lightning strike almost on the golf course when we were junior players uh, and all sorts of things. But as a pro, the craziest happened in Oakmont in 2016. We didn't get to play in it, but the storm that went through because they got us off the golf course just early enough was about as harsh as I've seen. Well, hopefully you'll get good weather when you go over there. And uh, congrats again. Uh, I love the shirt. Congrats on being the number one player in the world. And more importantly, you know, you got a baby there and uh, there's nothing like that every single morning. Walk in and see his face smiling. Can't have a bad day, John. That is true. You can't have a bad day. Thank you. Thank you, bud. That's uh, John Rahm, the uh, U.S. Open champ and the number one player in the world. Old dad bod shirt there. Yeah, Paul. That's a good dude right there. His, his second great appearance on the show. He's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went to Ireland and I remember playing and it was snow and we showed up at a, a golf course called Tralee and uh, it was designed by Arnold Palmer. And we got there and the, the there was one car in the parking lot, but we were going to play. We were going to play no matter what. And uh we we got to the course and, and we couldn't find the woman who worked there. And uh, she said, you Americans are crazy. And I, I said, but, you know, we came here to play this golf course. And then she said, all right, go play. And uh, we went out and it went from uh, snow and then they had sunshine. Then they had hail. Then they had rain. And then they had sunshine. And uh, and we we didn't have any beers on the court. There was no there's no cart girl on the course. Really? No, <laughs> no. Maggie O'Shea's no. uh, beers on tap. No. Plus, you know what? A lot of the great courses in Europe, you know, certainly in Ireland and Scotland, there's no condos, no houses. Like when you go, you go to play golf. And a lot of these courses don't even have a driving range. People would go. You play golf. Have a couple of pints and then you go back home. And it might have been Bally Bunyan or some place we went, and I was like, I got to hit a couple of balls. And they were like, no driving range. And I go, 
what? So then that means you get a breakfast ball, you hit two, two tee shots off the first tee, if you're lucky. Because a lot of times they want to keep you, you know, keep it moving here. But I think Bally Bunyan had a, had a cemetery at the end of the first fairway. So you could actually hit it into the cemetery, I believe, which I did. But, uh, yeah, so many great golf courses over there. Yeah, McClub. Wait, do you play it from there? No, no, no. Okay, I don't know what the rules are. No, I thought it was kind of best that I didn't disturb anybody there. Yes, yeah, Eden. Uh, Bally Bunyan looks gorgeous. It can be. It can be. Uh, I played where the rain was coming in sideways. <laughs> we were wrapping our hands. You know, we're so stupid. You know, guys are out there. And we're like, all right, we're going to play. We came all this way. We're going to play. You know, there wasn't lightning, but there was rain sideways. And we were wrapping our hands in towels and swinging. And then we got to the back nine. And I, the sun came out. And it was a spectacular day. But, yeah, Valley Bunyan. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, Paul. John Rahm said he's 6'3", 240, 245. Is that yeah. what he said? Yeah. Do you have to be in golf shape or great shape to play golf at a high level? Because mm. you golf. Yeah. If you were 25 pounds heavier, would it matter? Like if you were a, a thick guy? No. It really wouldn't matter, right? No, because it's it just like you look at John Daly. John Daly's elasticity his pliability is incredible. But then Rory McIlroy gets kind of jacked, and he's a very good golfer. I don't know if he's a better golfer. Well, yet you have had analysts who have been critical of Rory. That, you know, you want to look good when you're out there. You know, Tiger did it. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, hey, that guy's in shape. He's going to be. I play golf with Eddie George. And Eddie George is as... In shape, he's he's like a he's like the David. He's the statue, and he couldn't understand why I was hitting the ball further than him, because he was trying to outmuscle it. And I said, Eddie, it's just where you the position, what you build up with your arc, with your you know when when you come into contact, is everything in sync. And it drove him crazy because he didn't hit it very far, but he just thought he, he at one point he goes, How are you hitting it past me? And I said, I have a better golf swing than you do. You're stronger than I am. You don't have a better golf swing. Now, I don't know what his golf swing's like now, but uh, we play with Cordell Stewart as well. Cordell had a nice game. But, I mean, I've been around Barkley, and uh, I played with Barkley when Barkley was good, believe it or not. And, and I give him credit because Charles has not given up trying to be good at golf, and I think he's, he's actually respectable now and enjoying it. So I give him a lot of credit there. But if you get an opportunity, Ireland, Scotland, can't go wrong with that. Uh, stay at a bed and breakfast. We had a bed and breakfast where the guy said, uh, hey, I'm going to go to bed. And it was like 8 o'clock. We got finished with <laughs> golf. And we were having a meal. And he goes, we do the honor system here. Just tell me how many pints you had the next day. And we did. We would mark it down like there's one pint and one. And, and we were pouring our pints behind the uh, the bar that he had there. I think we lost track of uh, lost count of how many pints we how many. Did you did you mark that down? I have no idea. I did. Yes, Todd. So it's not really stealing or taking advantage if you're just in a state of uh, mind that you can't uh, keep track. Anymore. Yeah, I was trying to keep. Tra- you know, I was never good at math, Todd. And uh, I proved it on that trip. <laughs> 
Like when you stole the uh, oh. the plates, <laughs> the dishes, yeah, the dishes. Yeah, they were like a uh, hundred bucks each, yeah, or fifty like, bucks each, and they rung up one box instead of two boxes. You weren't inebriated though. I was very much not inebriated. Yeah. I knew exactly what was going on, and well, and not only that, that all of a sudden, once I realized it, I started hurriedly walking faster to my car before someone could come out of the store and go, "Wait, wait, I've only charged you for one box." Isn't that terrible? Yes. I put in the car and sped away as if who knows. You what chose could. to not turn around. It was like a heist. Yes. And I saw the receipts and I was. <laughs> well aware that they, they didn't charge me for one of the boxes and i just i said up oh. and then i rationalized by saying everything balances out i'm sure these plates are way too overpriced so you know once in a while you win one and you and your wife them. bonnie and clyde she kind of gave me a look like you should really since you noticed it we should go back and i'm like start the car huh? let's go we're out of here take a break phone calls <laughs> coming up next thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine until noon eastern six to nine pacific on fox sports radio and you can Find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments 
where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Angels at Yankee Stadium last night. Dylan Bundy was on the mound not for long. Got sick. It was really hot last night in the Bronx. And uh, so he threw up on the mound. Kevin Durant is in the front row watching all of this. And it looked like a cardboard cutout. You know, a year ago, we'd have a cardboard cutout there. And it's Kevin Durant not even blinking. He's just watching as, you know, and it's and it's got to be foreign to him where he's going, all right, I'm watching a baseball game. All right. I think that guy's throwing up on the mound, and he's just staring. Yeah, Paul. And Dylan Bundy, it was the bottom of the second, he was sweating so much that when he leaned over, the sweat was dripping from the brim of his hat. His mm. hat was soaked. He was, he was ill. And uh, he tried to battle it. He tried to shake it off, but he couldn't stay in the game. Yeah, and uh, Shohei Otani hit another bomb. It was, once again, I could, I could listen to batting practice with Shohei Otani. It's, it just, it's a different sound. <laughs> it's just imagine you're a pitcher almost doesn't sound like wood yes imagine you're a pitcher and you throw what you think's a great pitch and then you hear <laughs> that's that's not a, you know where the uh, announcer goes it is high it is far like that's one of those where get, no it's gone that's gone <laughs> Yes, Todd. Do you even bother turning around? Like how no. like the outfielder sometimes doesn't turn around, just knows it's just way out. There was a former pitcher who got upset with his left fielder, and he said that the left fielder didn't turn around. I mean, it was a bomb. It was it was long gone. And uh he got upset with his left fielder. He's like, Don't you, you know, bleep and bleep, you know, show me up like that. And you at least, you know, go back and he goes. I didn't have a chance. Like I, I didn't have a chance. And he, but he was upset because it was like he didn't. He had his hands on his knees. He he didn't even he didn't look up. It was just like, yep, that's gone. Yep, that's gone. Yes, done. Well, wouldn't it be somehow worse though if he acted like he had a shot at it and he jogged back to the warning track and leaped up like five hundred feet over his head and he's trying to bring it back in? Yes, McClellan. I'm with that pitcher. There is nothing worse than when your left fielder stare. because that like makes the home run look so long. I know. I know. Yes, Eden. Because it's so great though when you hear that sound off the bat and the the pitcher just immediately puts their hands on their own knees yeah. like, "Oh, forget it." Or he wants the ball, the new yeah. ball just back. Give me the new ball. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> it's like, and he's got his glove up. Like, hey, let's go. Yeah. Give me the next one. Let me. Uh, by the way, I don't know if uh, if if you're following this, but uh, Kyle Schwarber 
is the first player in baseball history to hit 15 home runs in a 17-day span. He, uh, he homered twice last night in the Nationals win over the Mets. So he's got 15 in the last 17 days. Anything change in the last 17 days? That baby's giving him some help? Sticky substances. Question mark. Uh, What's the poll question? You know, the tone of the show is a little different today than it was yesterday. Okay. The first one, who's most likely to come back, the Hawks or the Clippers? Okay. No one cares, Clippers. (laughs) What's the most exciting thing going in baseball right now? Is it Shohei? Shohei. Tatis or this controversy around pitching, is that the most exciting thing or is it the the sluggers that have emerged? Well, I don't know if it's exciting to see somebody get the wand at uh, the airport. I mean, I, I, I just think it's we understand it. They're not using anything. Um, they will start using again. Tatis is fascinating. I think that we're seeing the true potential of Shohei Otani as a pitcher and a hitter. And would have to be the MVP right now. Yeah, McLovin. But why is it a caught like wildfire, the Shohei thing? Like y- you've been you've been into it, but it's not like remember like when Fernando Valenzuela came yeah. along, it was like a phenomenon. It just hasn't been that phenomenon. Yeah, but that was with the Dodgers. And I think, you know, you're with the Angels and it's you're sort of a forgotten team. You know, if you look in the Padres are thought of more highly than the Angels are nationally. Uh the Giants are playing really well, or they had been. Uh, Then you throw in the Dodgers. So it's probably because of that. I mean, imagine if Shohei Otani was doing this in New York. If he was doing this for the Yankees or the Mets, it would be a whole lot bigger. And Paulie always says, you know, maybe the Angels should look at trading Mike Trout. And I'm thinking, well, can you trade Mike Trout? Don't you, you got two stars. Like, what are you going to get in return for Mike Trout that's suddenly going to make you a better team without him? Yeah, Paul. I actually say that the Major League Baseball should compel the Angels to get rid of Mike Trout and Shoei Atani. Because <laughs> the Angels probably, what, they're at fourth place, not 10 games out now. They're probably not making the playoffs. And Mike Trout's career is going to be one of those fantastic first six months, and you never see him in the postseason. Last time Mike Trout was in the postseason was 2014. You know, isn't that crazy? And Shoei Otani has that to look forward to. Yeah, it, I mean, this is where baseball in the postseason, that, that's when you get your name recognition. Regular season, you know, unless you're going for some historical record, but most of those records we don't care about anymore or we don't hold them in as high a regard as we once did. Yeah. And if somebody hits 74 home runs, okay, but then we're going to question if it's legitimate there. Shohei Otani, with what he's doing, pitching and hitting, it's... I mean, this is this is historical. Yeah, Paul. Otani's only making uh, three million dollars this year, five and a half next year. Then he's a free agent. Ching 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 ching. What ching, is ching, he ching. going to be worth? Ching, ching 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 ching. Oh my god! A lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, don't you start at what? Who's got the highest salary? Does Trout have the highest salary, or or is it Tatis? Do you know McLeod? And Harper had that big number too. I don't know, probably Tatis, but I'll double check. But don't you start at like 350? If he could keep his elbow healthy though. Well, he can still hit. 
Two hours in the books, one more to go. The reaction to Scottie Pippen in Chicago coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.